the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. You, your money, your life, your dreams. The answers are here. This is Rob Black. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Thanks for putting up with me and my indulgences, indulgence eyes, indulgent X's or whatever they exactly are. With that said, the 60s show yesterday was an indulgence of mine. It was a theme show. Hopefully you got something out of it. Hopefully you got some factoids about, you know, where America was 45, 50 years ago versus where we are now and where we're going. So I think we can learn a lot from history. Even on occasion, I mock and I tease old people because they don't pay income taxes and we're in a nation that spends more than we pull in. Yeah, on occasion, I think you should talk to someone with gray hair and talk about the stock market and talk about investing and talking about the biggest mistake they ever made or didn't make. I think it's a good idea to look to our elders on occasion. With that said, this is a call-in show. I'm not going soft on you. Still hate old people. I still want to turn them into crackers, turn them into food because... That's where our nation. That's what we need. We need to cut down on our spending, and we need to focus in on what we can. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's the Rob Black Show. The station you're listening to is Talk 910 KNW. And when you listen to Talk 910, it's we got to line up, you know, uh, top to bottom or bottom to top, if you want to look at it that way. Armstrong and Getty in the morning. Then comes I, Rob Black, the financial dude. Then comes Glenn Beck a little bit later. Then comes a little bit later after that, the Savage Nation. I would say this. We're all very unique voices. To get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. I got an interesting email that I'm going to get to later in the show from a 54-year-old lifeguard in the state of California. You're going to want to hear my take on that. You're also going to want to hear my take on are we going to go into the retail tank forever? Have we truly marked the end of the golden age of consumerism that the 90s and the early 2000s was, where we would go out and buy and pay for it later, whether it was with our stocks that were going up or with our real estate that was going up? Are we out of that? Are we back to the age of consumerism that's tied towards our paycheck? Let's talk about the stock market. First hour of the show, I always talk stock market and economy, top news of the day. Second hour, kind of expand my horizons a little bit. Second hour of today, we're going to have certified financial planner, Chad Burton on, Chad Burton. So he'll be here. Oil a little bit lower today. That's the first headline that I saw. Basically on a little bit of recovery worry. Hmm. Dow's up slightly. NASDAQ's down 15. S&P 500 down 3. We've had an amazing March, April, May, June, July. And so far, August has been pretty good, all things considered. I would not mind giving up September as a sacrificial lamb. Sometimes on Wall Street, you need sacrifices. Right now, we're bending but not breaking. I wouldn't mind breaking for a little bit. Stock market has been able to put, stock market has not been able to put a lot of distance between itself and last week's closing levels. We're just kind of treading water. 
bending but not breaking. We've tried to get higher, but the overextended nature of March, April, May, June, July, August has made the extension difficult to sustain. Market enters today's trade with a gain of two points for the week. Woo! We're not going to party on that, are we? Maybe we are. Maybe we, you know, two points is better than negative 15, right? So that's a small return on an absolute basis, yet it can be quantified on a big return, relative speaking, considering the S&P 500 surged 17% in the previous six weeks. Much to the chagrin of shorts, people who are betting against the market, the market's shown itself at brief times that it will bend, but it won't break. People want the market to go 15, 20% lower. I want it to go 5, 10, 15% lower. 5% if it's easy pleasy, 15% if it gets a little bit tough. I suspect right now that there's some resilience going on. It's been reinforcing a dynamic for bullish-minded participants sitting at low-cost basis positions. I suspect that a lot of money managers have been reluctant to do any concerted profit-taking because they recognize nervous short sellers are lifting stock prices for them in a thinly traded market. To sell now is to risk underperforming the benchmarks. Dynamic could change after Labor Day, of course, when more investors come back from vacation. I know people that take three-week vacations headed into Labor Day. The current bias right now is evident and the self-fulfilling. Now, that's not to say in my mind that I agree at the juncture, but at this juncture, I respect it. I'm not going to fight it. Current indication in the stock market for today was flattish. It's kind of flattish at this point in time. How do we close late in the day is a good question. Now, initial claims data, we re, first and foremost, two pieces of economic news to chew on. First is we did a revision of second quarter GDP. I'm not even going to report that because who cares? That's past. We don't live in the past. It's a revision to a number that's already out there. If it was shocking, I'd tell you about it, but it wasn't shocking. So the initial claims comes out this morning. This is tied to jobs. And again, if we're lucky, we get back to consumers spending their paycheck. Because they ain't going to be spending their, their refinanced home, and they ain't going to be spending their stock market gains anytime soon. So the initial claims slipped to 570000 in the week that just ended August 22nd. Although that was down from 580000 in the prior week, it's still an amazingly, alarmingly high number. There's nothing inside this this job data that I can say is a, a sign of life yet. Any number over 400,000 is considered awful. And this is 570. Even if it goes from 570 to 420, it's still above 400 and it's still awful. Now, the improvement that we've seen in continuing claims isn't the improvement that it ultimately seems. It's actually a function largely of people having exhausted their unemployment benefits and falling off the ranks. Continuing claims dropped 119,000 to 6.13 million Americans. Out of a job. Continually out of a job. Looking, but not getting. So that's a high number. Now, again, that's a better number than the week before. I am not giving it any credit. Because part of the data that doesn't come into play here is that people have just given up. Initial claims at such high levels, difficulty of finding a new job, Prevailing message continues to meet the labor market's in a troubled state. That's not good in my shit mind. Let's talk about some of the other issues that are out there in Wall Street. Natural gas futures continue to slide. There is no part of me that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that I would ever have said that natural gas would slip under $3. It's under $3. This is unheard of. We've got too much of it in the United States. We don't have enough place to store it in the United States. Thus, we got too much supply. 
not enough demand. Thus, the falling price, trying to stimulate demand by lowering the price. Right now, natural gas can be gotten for $2.70 per million British thermal units. Ahead of the data, contract uh, uh, was trying to push it a little bit higher. But once we saw the inventory data, the inventory, it rose by 54 billion cubic feet. It's too much. Too much, too much, too much, too much. Too much. We got too much inventory, not enough demand. It's the old Wall Street lesson. Let's talk about the retailing world. Guess, they're a publicly traded retailer, Enchinisco. They posted better than expected profits, while American Eagle Outfitter, penny shy of expectations, plus American Eagle said they gave a profit forecast that it's going to be lower in the future. So American Eagle's down slightly today. Guess is up 5%, Genesco up 6.8%. So any sign of life or any sign of stability is you're seeing a pop in the retailers. Any sign of weakness and you're seeing, okay, we're apathetic, but we've already sold you down so much, we're apathetic. Boeing today comes out and announces a 787 schedule in third quarter charge. Their first flight for the 787 now, they say, is going to be the end of 2009. They think the first delivery is going to be fourth quarter of 2010. Let's see. We've been waiting for this 787 Dreamliner. For about four plus years now. It's that far behind schedule. Stock's up 8.7% today because now they've given us another time where if they don't deliver, we're going to beat them up and, and snock, snot, knock the snot out of them. But if they do deliver, we're going to say, we want to own a piece of that because there's two major companies in the world that make airplanes. Everyone else is nominal players at best. We want more airplanes. We want sweeter airplanes. We want airplanes that take us further and farther and faster and cheaper. And that's what Boeing 787 is all about. Boeing yields at 3.5%. It's currently at $52 a share. I like it at these levels. If you think you're going to live for five plus years, and if you're not going to look at it for the next five plus years, if you're going to look at it, boo-hoo, wah. That's my opinion. <laughs> boo-hoo, wah. Oh, good God, I could hear that one coming back to, to haunt me in the sound library. Audio archive. Let's see if there's any other big stories that I absolutely positively must hit. I think later in the show I'm going to talk a little bit about Fed uh, Reserve um, person, Lacker, Jeffrey Lacker. He's out there talking today. Microsoft is in the news. Let's talk a little bit about this retailer because I think this is almost a kind of like a poll kind of question. It's where do you stand? Where do you believe? There's a retail analyst. He's considered a maven. I'm not sure what the difference between a maven and a guru is, but his name is Howard David David Davidwitz. And he paid attention and he gave us some information today. He said, uh, some signs of improvement in consumer confidence. Retail stocks are rising. But his belief is that the consumer's dead. His belief is that the consumer's tapped out. Here's what he had to say on retail. He said the retail business is terrible. It's almost all negative. Here's also what he said about retail. We're going to close hundreds and thousands of stores. That's a thought, isn't it? Do you think do you think from here it gets so bad? We've already seen some companies go down. We've seen companies like Circuit City, boom, gone. Do you think we're gonna close hundreds of thousands of stores from here? On the consumer, David Davidwitz. Did I say David Davidwitz? That'd be a great name for him. Howard Davidwitz. On the consumer, he says they're still over leveraged, they're losing their jobs, their credit's been cut back. There's no doubt about that. Now we know that the unemployment numbers aren't getting too much worse, too much faster 
but we are still over leveraged and credit has been cut back, whether it's on small businesses or on individuals. He says on America, we're in the tank forever. As a country, we are out of control. We're in a death spiral. I almost couldn't agree with that more. We are out of control. Consumer debt and mortgage debt got our nation into a, a massive, massive problem, that, which ultimately popped and created a, a crazy biggest recession of our lifetime. How does our government respond to it? By saying, here's $4,000, go buy a new car for $35,000. Are you kidding me? That's honestly like giving someone who does uh, crack, you know, methamphetamines and say, ah, you'll, you'll feel better. It's not as hard and hangovers not as mean as crack. But that's just insanity. I think we are out of control as a nation. I don't want to live like Europeans live. I think they live too humbly. But I don't want to live the way Americans live, gaudy, and having to, you know, go get the latest uh, lawn jockey to keep up with the Joneses. There's something that could totally go away. We don't need them, lawn jockeys. We don't need them. You don't need a cement frog in your garden. Just my opinion. Another thing that Howard Davidwood said, he said on the stock market, we're in terrible shape. That's what the fundamentals of retail is telling me. I can't explain the stock market retail stocks. I think he brought up some good arguments. I'm more on his side than I'm against his side. Do I think it's all gloom and doom? Nope. He runs a retail consulting firm. He thinks certain discounters, grocery stores, drug stores, and a few department stores can survive and prosper in the future. Most notably, he likes extreme discounters like Family Dollar and Dollar Tree. They both um, raised their outlook recently. 99-cent store, department store sector, he says he likes Kohl's. He says they may be the only winner because they're cost controls. He gave you some stocks idea, stock ideas. He owns no positions in any of the stock ideas that he said. He's just a consultant. It's worthy of note. It's a call-in show. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm the king of financial media. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. If I'm the king of financial media, you are my citizens. Adore me and honor me. Call the show. 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show. Talk 910 KNEW. Talk 910 KNEW. Black is watching your wallet live and local. Call 1-800-345-KNEW. Appropriate music. I think Heidi's sense of music on the show is a little bit above average. Maybe it's better than above average. Born in the USA came out back in 1984. 25 years ago. Holy mackerel, right? 25 years ago, we were a nation that was basically struggling out of a recession. 25 years ago, we were all about Reaganomics. Springsteen was Astra. A do born in the USA and really put him back into the main light in the United States. Right around that time, he came out with his 10 album, uh, 10 album set. I was going to say 10 album disc. 
I mean, this was like cutting edge. 25 years ago was right about when we started buying CDs. So I remember the big old box of Bruce Springsteen. Uh, anyway, I, I, I digress. Uh, born in the USA. We're going to get there. I think when this is all said and done, we're going to be a pretty angry nation. And uh, we're going to be a little bit more hmm, USA, USA. Maybe what will help us is the Winter Olympics this year going to be happening in Calgary. Not Calgary. What am I talking about? Vancouver, up near Whistler. Uh, maybe we need the U.S. hockey team to pull in a gold medal, kind of get us in the mood for the whole USA, USA thing. So Ron Wilson coaching our U.S. hockey team this year. I think that's worth something. So remember the um, Born in the USA album cover? It was Bruce in blue jeans. It was his butt, ultimately, as Heidi said. He's wearing what I would refer to as man jeans in front of an American flag. And the, what's cool about it, it's an Annie Leibovitz photo. And whether you not you agree or disagree with Annie Leibovitz and her politics, you have to say this. Pretty genius to put a man in a white T-shirt, blue jeans, in front of red and white stripes. Pretty ingenious. Emil in Brisbane. Emil, how are you? Uh, Mr. Ambassador, did you uh, foresee the uh, the demise of that uh, Bay Meadows project where they tore down the racetrack and, and the idea was to build a utopia down there? And now, overnight, they ran out of money. Did you see that coming? I think we were overdeveloped in the United States. And did I predict on the radio that Bay Meadows uh, condos would fail? No. Um, but, you know, my opinion is if you own real estate near Bay Meadows, you should be planting. You should be getting on eBay and getting like foreign cockroaches and foreign caterpillars that you know are maybe or maybe not on the endangered list, and, and planting them near Bay Meadows so that they never, ever, never, ever, never build condos and townhouses. In large part, condos and townhouses ruin real estate uh, prices. So, no, I didn't predict out loud that Bay Meadows would fail, but I did tell people to um, plant exotic uh, animals there so that the state of California will slow development and new homes won't ever crop up there. I see. Well, as you know, I'm running for mayor here in Brisbane, and we have the Baylands Project, which is spearheaded by Paragon. And Paragon pretty much is parroting what's the, the Bay Meadows debacle. So there's a lesson to be learned here. So, so I'm going to keep my that, eyes on... What's that lesson, Emil? Pardon? What's the lesson? Well, the, the lesson is, as you said, we're overbuilding. So why in the world would anyone want to take the Baylands and make the same mistakes that they made in San Mateo. They're breaking ground, but in the end, they're not going to have the money, so it's going to be, it's just going to sit there, uh, undeveloped, and, and, and still the message is we need progress. So i got to read between the lines, and I'm looking to you for lessons learned. Well, I'll say this on real estate development. Uh, you have to be very, very cautious, Emil, putting your money into a development project. A lot of people lost their shirts. Everything that they gave in Las Vegas to build a condo project. I remember um, they, were, they were building a new Trump Tower in Vegas. And it wasn't Donald Trump Tower. It was Ivana Trump Tower. Um, you know, one of his ex-wives or something along those lines. And there was a certain radio show called The Radio Show Guys that basically got her on the radio and said, you know, hey, you can invest in this project. People that invest in their project lost everything. Um, because when you invest in real estate development, when it gets canceled, you get canceled too. When you can't find buyers, you sit there having your money earn 0.0% interest, and that's never, never a good thing. So um, lesson learned, Briz, uh, Emil, is that I think on your platform you're starting to learn, you know, let's let's uh, cut down on, on development. 
let, let's cherish what we have versus uh, build condos and townhouses, which kills real estate values. I'll remember that, Rob. So good stuff, Emil. Thanks for the call. So we love Emil. He um, is a voice, and I welcome and I honor all unique voices in radio uh, in any way, shape, or form. Okay, let's talk about um, let's talk about Jeffrey Lacker. Again, first hour, I get a little bit nerdy with you, and the twenty-five-year-old guys with six-pack abs and the twenty-five-year-old hottie girls—they're not going to dig this, but. When you're 40, you're going to dig this. Richmond Federal Reserve president, he's one of our nation's top bankers. He represents an area. He reports to Ben Bernanke. Ben Bernanke, king of the bankers. These would be his dukes and archbishops and things along those lines. So President, Federal Reserve president, a guy named Jeffrey Lacker, he was quoted today. He's out of Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. He was quoted as saying, the U.S. economy was stabilizing after a painful recession, and the shattered housing market will no longer be a drag on economic activity. He says, I think the economy is leveling out. So far, I mostly agree with him. Again, he's making some generic statements, so you only say mostly. He said, quote, I think there's a reason for hope. He says, the housing market had picked up about five months ago and would no longer be a drag on economic growth. Which basically is meaning that we've now got the inventory levels a little bit more under control on uh, new homes. So we will be building some new homes. And that will put people back to work. And that will... You know, help help people pay their cars and help people pay their mortgages. So he also said he um, he said exports exports may be picking up and the rate of job loss is starting to slow. True, true. Bank credit tightening seems to have finished and will ease as the job market rebounds. I don't know about that. I think it will ease as the job market rebounds, but the job market rebounding I feel isn't even visible at this point in time. He says it's a time of opportunity even for people experiencing hard times because of the labor market. Lacker, uh, he said consumer spending had stopped falling and remained flat. Okay, now he said it's a time of opportunity. That's the issue that I'm going to take a, a stranglehold of. And I want to read you a quick email that I got. I think it was this morning or it was late last night. It was one of the two. And basically it's a person who's $44,000 in debt. Five credit cards. Five credit cards, $44,000 in debt. If you just make the minimum payment, $1,500 a month. You're talking about five years to pay that off, okay? So, getting sixty thousand. Uh, this person's getting an inheritance of sixty thousand dollars. They're fifty-four years old. Current FICO score seven sixty-nine. I've been making these payments to preserve credit. Can no longer make the payments. Should I do a workout with the creditors and lower my score, but pay less money or sell the stock to pay off the debt? I'm fifty-four and I make eleven dollars an hour. Okay. That about makes my heart drop. Makes me want to cry. 54-year-old, 54-year-old human being makes $11 an hour. When you're 20, you make $11 an hour. No, no, no. When you're at 18, you make $11 an hour. But as you get older, that's not acceptable because that's not enough. Do you think I'll recover if the score slips? I did not own a home. Lost everything in 2007. All other resources gone. Sold off retirement accounts and furniture to keep this up. Game over. I love your TV show. Appreciate any advice. $11 an hour job. I'm a lifeguard. Only job I can get. Okay, I'm going to say this. The California dream is over for this person. You need to leave the state immediately. You need to get to a city like Oklahoma City that's hiring people. 
$11 an hour, not enough. You need to go to a city like Oklahoma City that has a lower cost of living. You need to have furniture in your house. You're going to work till the day you die. So the best thing you can do at this point in time is get healthy, as healthy as you can. So if you're 10 pounds overweight, get 5 pounds overweight. If you're 40 pounds overweight, get 5 pounds overweight. Because health is it's damn expensive in, in retirement. As far as Medicare, Medicaid, yesterday we were talking about health care reform. And someone said that the government does a pretty good job with Medicare and Medicaid and Medi-Cal. And they don't actually do a good job with Medicare and Medicaid and Medi-Cal because they're, they're going bankrupt. There's systems that are broken and they're not getting fixed. So for this individual, what I would do is strongly consider before you get that, that $60,000 in stock inheritance, I'd strongly consider doing bankruptcy before that. Because $11 an hour, you're never going to pay off $44,000 in debt. You've already sold furniture. You can try to do bankruptcy on your own since you have the internet and send, can send me an email. You can try to do it on your own. You can go to Google and research uh, how to file bankruptcy. You'll learn a lot there. You can hire someone, pay them two, $3,000 to help you with it. Do your call. I would not touch that 60000 I would not pay off the credit card debt with 60000 Now, if I wanted to do the right thing and sleep well at night, I'd take that $60,000 inheritance that you're getting and pay off the credit card debt. But you know what? You're 54 years old. You're making $11 an hour. You're never going to get to retirement. So is the American dream dead? I certainly feel that it is. I certainly feel the California dream is dead for now. A lot of people look at Prop 13 and they're all happy and proud that it's there and it keeps senior citizens in the Bay Area. The area is still expensive. Still very, very expensive to live here. And we have 54-year-old people who make $11 an hour here because the job market stinks so bad here. Because you can't afford to live here. You can't afford to have a family here. Unless you're making $160,000 or more, you can't afford a home here. It's getting better, but not a lot better. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Call and let me know. Do you think this is the saddest email I've gotten in a long time? Do you think I'm going soft on you? Do you think I'm embellishing radio to make it more entertaining? Is Fed Reserve President Jeffrey Lacker right? That you know we're so close and it's an opportune time for people? Or do we got to do our dust days and go, instead of going west, young man, go to cities with jobs, young man. And if you're 54 years old, get out fast. Because it's going to get worse here before it gets better. It's 800 345 each calls on the air. Black is watching your wallet live and local. Call 1-800-345-KNEW. Welcome back in. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Let's get to a couple phone calls. Let's get a Mike in the peninsula. Mike. Hey, Rob. Good morning. Morning. Hey, I love your show. Love your rapid fire delivery. But you asked a question when you were uh, talking about the email that uh, almost broke your heart or made you want to cry. Um, 
I think you are getting soft there. And normally you're not. And that's one of the things I love about your show. How am I getting soft? Well, it, you were moved by um, a Californian yeah. who makes uh, a very modest living. $11 an hour. But thought it was a wise move to take five credit cards and run them up $9,000 on each. I see your point. I see your point. Um, and that's a, that, in my mind, it's all about choices and decisions. And the reason I think so many people are in trouble, not that I'm not experiencing challenges in this economy, but I don't have any balances on my credit cards. And I agree, and I don't either, so I carry a lot less stress than other people do. Um, but don't you feel kind of bad that there's a 54-year-old person out there who sold furniture and basically, you know, and I know, Mike, they're going to work till the day they die, or they're going to be the person eating cat food, or they're going to do what I tell them to do, go rob a bank and spend the rest of their life in prison so they get three square meals in a gym and cable TV. Um, don't you feel kind of sad that there's people that I guess maybe are that ignorant that they fall through the cracks that hard and with credit card debt? You know, my fear is that they take that $60,000 inheritance and pay off the credit card debt and then just rack up the credit card debt again, because credit credit's a... Uh, it's a habit, in my mind. Exactly, and I and when you gave him that piece of advice, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't, I I don't want him to file bankruptcy. I think that's you know the weakling's way out. But I agree. If you can't make it here in California, go find some place you can. However, what he didn't tell you in that email is why is he fifty four? What decisions did he make that led him? I'm fifty four years old, and I think to myself. Goodness gracious, I haven't made $11 an hour since last week I hear you. in sales. So, you know, sales go down. Okay. Thanks for the call, and thanks for calling me soft. So, <laughs> All I, right, Rob. Love your show. Hey, Mike, you kept me honest. You got me angry about his credit card debt, and you're right. So thanks for the call. Let's go to Steve and Hayward, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Steve. Hey, Rob. Hey, first I'd like to say I uh, hate Rob Black. Thank you. Thank you. You You're hate welcome. Rob Black? You're welcome. I know you take it as a compliment. Hey, I'm going to take you to task. You called me a moron a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Because I'm 44 and I paid off my house. I had a unique situation where I flipped a couple of houses when you were able to do that and I had a big pile of cash. The market was tanking. So I just paid off my house. And in, I've always been uh, maxing my 401k and my Roth for myself and my wife. So why am I a moron for paying off my house? What's the, what's the, what was the mortgage rate on the house? Um, well, I had to use a variable on a second house to kind of finish this house off. So it was getting up to about 6%. It was a variable. I needed money for two years. It started out at 3.75 and went up to 6, and then I was able to pay it off. Now, first and foremost, um, most of my advice is for most of people. Gotcha. And there are going to be some situations where you're 65 years old and the, the mortgage rate's 8% where you should pay off the mortgage. A mortgage is a tool. Do you agree with that? I totally agree. I use it as a tool. It's perfect. Okay, having a home paid off, what does the return on the home get you each and every year? Well, right now is a, is a hard, uh, you know, it used to get you 10 to 15%, but now it's negative. Okay, uh, well, wait, the 10 to 15%, do you get that if the home is paid off or not? No, it's phantom money. It's phantom money, but do you get the 10 to 15% gain if it's paid off or not? No, it, it doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Well, the answer is yes, actually. Right, right. Um, okay, yeah. If my house is not paid off and yours is paid off and we both go up 10 to 15%, we both went up 10 to 15%. So having it paid off means nothing. You don't get the gain um, with it. Now, if it goes down 50%, like some people have seen, having it paid off 
basically means you can never get the equity out of your home for maybe 20 to 30 years until that 50% loss recovers. Right. But if you're at an interest rate at like 6%, you know, every 10 years, you're going to be paying double for the house. So after 30 years, you for that $500,000 house, you're paying a million two, a million five. Ifs and buts were candy and nuts. See, the 6% is not true. 6%, and if that's your mortgage cost, right now you can get a mortgage for 5.1%. So I say it's totally false that you use the 6%. So let's say you use, let's use the 6%, though, okay. and you're a new homeowner. Um, the real cost of money is about 5% because you're able to deduct the interest from your income and pay less income taxes. Right. So the real cost is 5%. I got a 5%. I got a 4.8% mortgage recently. So my real cost is more like 4%. Historically, inflation's averaged 2 to 4% in the United States. We learned that in the 50s. We learned that in the 60s. In the 70s, it was more like 6 to 9%. So anything that's often paid off in your house actually loses buying power 10, 20, 30 years from now when you take it out and use it. Agreed. Agreed. But okay, in, so lieu of a mortgage, in lieu of a mortgage, you, you, hit your, uh, you max out your 401k and you max out your Roth. The, those are both tax-privileged uh, accounts. But with a mortgage, you could still max out your 401k. You could still max out your Roth. And you're talking about paying off your mortgage. The average person now, Steve, isn't going to be able to pay off a mortgage in five years like you did. The average person pays off a mortgage in a best-case scenario in 20 years by sending an extra payment or two, um, which is what the average person can afford. Now, a mortgage is a low cost of money. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. So, and it's wonderful. Here's the kicker, too. When you're, and we're going to use the 30-year mortgage as the example. When you're 20 and 30 years old, that $2,000 mortgage payment, it, it hurts. But when you're 30 and 40, hopefully you've had some pay increases. And when you're 40 and 50, hopefully you've had some pay increases. And now the kids are out of the house, that, that payment isn't so bad. 30 years ago, you and I were paying 50 cents for a Coca-Cola so with our dollars then, we were able to buy 50 cent for a Coca-Cola. 30 years later now, we're paying $2 or buck seventy-five for a Coca-Cola. So the value of our dollar has decreased its buying power due to inflation in 30 years. Agreed. Got- agreed. So what would you do in my position? You, would you, you wouldn't go into the home equity and start playing a market with it? What I would go into home equity and play – I don't play the market. I accumulate assets. So first right. and foremost, what I would do is I would not pay off my mortgage – what I would do is I would send in as little as possible. 15-year mortgages are awful. Um, mortgage accelerators are for people who are really, really stupid. And I'll give you a couple more reasons why I want to do it. And thanks for the call. And I really, really appreciate you, know, you being honest with me. Hey, uh, thanks, Rob. Yeah, yeah. So, again, your mortgage doesn't affect your home's value. You agreed with me on that. It's going to build equity regardless. You agreed with me on that. You agreed with me that mortgage interest is tax deductible. You agreed with me on that. You agreed with me that mortgage is relatively cheap money. A visa, if you're going to borrow money, it's going to be 10 to 20%. With a mortgage, it's going to be 5 to 6%. So it's a relatively cheap cost of money, plus you get the tax deduction. Mortgage interest is also tax favorable. So if you have a 6% mortgage and you have 6% profit on your investments, the mortgage is deductible at your top tax bracket, but the investments are taxed as low as 15%. So later in life, when you sell your home for that big gain, you're going to be selling it for 40% tax bracket, whereas when you sell that stock in a non-retirement account, you're going to be selling it at a 15% tax bracket. Now, that 15% tax bracket may go up. Again, that was one of those things that Bush did for us in our favor. Um, and Obama said he's going to probably change that in two years. So tax laws will change, and this will change my argument a little bit. Mortgage payments agree over time. Mortgage payments get easier over time. We agreed on that. So, you know, back in 1950s when you bought a house, you know, $20,000 house, it was expensive. It hurt. It got easier. And you start laughing about it. Mortgages also let you sell without selling. 
And what that means is every 10, 15 years, you could do a refi and pull money out. That's amazing because then that gives you the ability to do something else with that money. So if your home has grown in value substantially like you want it to, then you're glad you didn't pay it off. Um, you may begin to worry that you may lose that equity and you can actually sell it without selling by getting a refinance cash out equity. A mortgage uh, will let you invest more money quickly. Assume that you own a house that you want down the road to buy a larger house. So you sell your old house and you net you know, the gain out of it. Now you're ready to purchase a bigger house. How much do you put down? You would have to typically put 10% down, but because you're selling an old house, you're buying a new house with it. You use that old house money from the new house for the new house. Long-term mortgages help you create more wealth. Ultimately, you merely want to eliminate debt or do you want to build wealth? You want to eliminate debt. So I want to build wealth. So you and I disagree face-to-face. The real goal, I think, is to create wealth. You do that by adding as much money as you can to your savings and investments. And the best way to do that is to lower your monthly expenses. And the best way to do that is to not pay off your mortgage. So I want to have my money earn money. I want my assets to grow. You want to pay off the interest. So we're never going to totally agree. Now, I will say this. According to... Um, the CPA journal, they say, thus a homeowner with a long time horizon and willingness to assume some risk will likely have a much higher net worth than someone who selects the less risky option, the 15-year mortgage, 30-year versus 15. That's the CPA magazine. Um, the Journal of Financial Planning agrees with me. The, the uh, uh, Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education agrees with me. The Journal of Financial Planning, um, already hit that one. The Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. I think the experts and the wealthy people are on my side. I think the foolish people, like the gurus on the mountain, the people who are willing to sell you books, they'll tell you something different. And sadly, we get mixed messages in in media. I am a financial expert. I know no financial planner or no financial expert who pays off their mortgages. When we come back, we're going to talk Bob in San Jose. Hi, I'm Glenn Beck, coming up at noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Now, Rob Black. I'm flipping the TV channels. And I see Emeril Lagasse on. He's on the Food Network, right? You know the first caller that we had earlier today? Emil from Brisbane. He's running for mayor of Brisbane. I think Emil must look like Emeril. For some reason, that's the projection that I have. That's the beauty about radio. Um, <laughs> I've shown up to live seminars before, and people go, "Ooh, I thought you were—I th- thought you were much uglier on television." I'm like, "Thanks. That means I'm ugly here, but I'm much uglier on television." People are nasty and mean. And speaking of nasty and mean, there's nothing wrong with nasty and mean because I've made a pretty good living on being pretty honest and blunt. Um, William sent an email, and he goes, "That that person who's got." $45,000 of credit card debt and makes $11 an hour at age 54 is stupid. And it's spelled S-T-O-O-P-I-D. Stupid. I got mail! Yay! I got mail! Yay! I agree. I kind of agree. I, I don't think there, there's a consensus of, of financial education in our society, so I do think that a lot of us... I use the term financially retarded, where we make decisions that retards our financial growth. And I, I'm not going to say people are financially stupid because I don't think we ever were taught to be financially smart, but I do think we do things that financially retard our growth. And using the word retarded, oh 
boy, that's got to be into trouble in the last five years. In large part, um, executives who are 50 years old will, will contact my bosses and say, you know, I'm an executive of blah, 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 and he called me retarded. And I guess people think that all people are retarded, eat with forks and corks in them and um, can't live on their own. But no, it's financially retarded. Mentally, a retarded person who is mentally retarded is means their mental growth stopped growing. Something that's fire retarded means that it just can't catch fire as easily. So anyway, let's go to Bob in San Jose now that I've got my foot deep in my mouth yet again with the taste of fungus that I can take off with a laser, according to one of the commercials on the show. Bob, San Jose. Bob. Yeah, Rob. Uh, good to talk to you. I enjoyed your seminar in uh, Los Gatos on Friday also. But uh, I never got around to asking my question. And uh, I've got a couple properties uh, in San Jose, and I'm thinking of purchasing a, another property in Reno. I wanted your uh, outlook on uh, what you think of the Reno market. It's it's pretty depressed up there. And uh you know, unlike your advice, the properties I got in San Jose, I own free and clear, and, and I'm uh, retired, and I've I've got a pretty good pension that good. covers all my expenses, and uh, I've got some extra money, and I'm thinking of, you know, moving to Reno, getting out of California, but, you know, holding on to the at least one of the properties here. For retire, so, uh, Yeah, for retirees, Reno's heaven. Um, it's got a lot going on for it. It's pretty central to a lot of things for you. From an investor standpoint, I would not invest in Reno. There's, when you look at Reno, there's a lot of development projects that have been canceled. When you're in Sparks, which is right real close to Reno, which is where you're probably going to want to look, to be quite honest with you, it's a little bit nicer in Sparks than it is in Reno, um, you're going to see that it's nothing but desert. And there's nothing that stops desert land from being developed. Nothing. So buying real estate in a desert, typically not a good idea. Now, Bob, if you want to hang out with other old people, if you want to eat at some great restaurants, because Reno casinos have some pretty good restaurants, and you can get some pretty good deals, and there's tons and tons of golf per person in Reno. There's a lot offered in Reno for retiree. Don't look at it as an investment. Look at it as a place you're going to go to die. Look at it as kind of like an elephant graveyard. It's a pretty good elephant graveyard. Um, There's worse elephant graveyards. The tax structure, pretty favorable for senior citizens. The healthcare, it's okay. It's pretty good. It's top-notch. It's not world-class, but it's top-notch. I would go to Reno to die. There's no doubt about it. I personally could come up with some better ones, especially since it sounds like you've done pretty good in your life. But there's nothing wrong with Reno. Um, I like the weather there, and that's part of why people retire there. Uh, Taxes, that's another reason why people retire there. But I would not ever buy as an investment. There's just too much freaking fracking land there. And there's too many development projects that have been canceled that are avoiding to be restarted again. Um, Good place to retire, not a good place to invest. That's my answer. I'm sticking to it. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Rob Black. Weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.